This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Today, a chance of snow, freezing rain, and sleet with a high near 32. Total daytime snow and sleet accumulation of around two inches. Tonight, rain, snow, and freezing rain with a low around 32 degrees. New snow and sleet accumulation of less than half an inch possible. Wednesday will be cloudy with rain likely and a high near 38. A three-story home in Binghamton's first ward was heavily damaged by a blaze that left about eight people without a place to stay. Authorities said the fire at 31 Grace Street was reported around 6.20 a.m. on Monday. The first firefighters on the scene reported flames could be seen on the first and second floors of the building. Investigators believe six to eight people were inside the two-unit apartment house when the fire was discovered. Everyone was out of the building when police and firefighters arrived. The main body of the fire was knocked down after 20 minutes. The fire appeared to have started in a bedroom on the second floor. Fire and police department investigators were looking into the cause of the blaze, but officials said the blaze did not appear to be suspicious. The Red Cross was called in to assist several adults who were left homeless by the fire. Broome County Sheriff Fred Akshar announced on Monday a new partnership to help better protect victims of domestic violence and save lives. Akshar, along with members of the Crime Victims Assistance Center and the Family Violence Prevention Coalition Council, spoke about the implementation of a new lethality assessment program that is designed to help identify victims who are at an increased risk of being killed by their intimate partner. This program utilizes evidence-based screenings to help law enforcement better assess potential lethality by identifying common red flags, patterns, and responses associated with domestic homicides. Upon responding to a domestic violence incident, the deputy on scene completes a screening with a victim. The deputy will determine whether the victim is at high risk for domestic homicide and connect them with the appropriate support services based on their answers. Consenting victims identified as high risk would be paired immediately with a local domestic advocate to develop a safety plan and other prevention measures. The Broome County Sheriff's Office notes they have already put the program into place twice so far this year. More than a decade after it launched operations, Binghamton's oldest brew pub is about to shut down. Kristen Andrasik, owner of the Water Street Brewing Company, said the business will be closing soon. Water Street Brewing was launched by John and Michelle Bleichart in 2011. Andrasik, who joined the operation shortly after it opened, acquired the business. She told WNBF News the tough decision to close down had been in the works for quite a while. Business was down last year, especially during the summer when many of Water Street Brewing's patrons are busy with other activities. She had been hoping business would start to pick up in the fall, but that didn't happen, noting the ongoing parking problems since the demolition of the old Water Street garage were a factor in the downturn. Anderstick made the tough decision to close the brew pub in recent days as it became clear the business was no longer sustainable.
An official closing date for the Water Street Brewing Company has not been determined. She said it will be open for a few more days, but will shut down for good by the end of the month. U.S. Senator Gillibrand visited Greater Good Grocery in Binghamton to announce her Healthy Food Financing Initiative Reauthorization Act legislation that would help end food deserts. Food deserts are areas where a significant portion of residents who don't have easy access to a grocery store and affordable, nutritious food. Instead, they are forced to rely on corner and convenience stores, which often sell little to no fresh produce, meat, or dairy, and whose prices are higher than those of a typical supermarket. Gillibrand was joined by Mayor Jared Cram, Broome County Executive Jason Garner, along with General Manager of Greater Good Grocery in Binghamton, City Councilor Kenya Middleton, Director of Child Less Aylesworth, and Reverend Dr. Joe Selipak, Executive Director of the Broome County Council of Churches. Gillibrand's legislation would provide $50 million annually in mandatory federal funding for the Healthy Food Financing Initiative, which is a USDA program that offers loans and grants to incentivize grocery stores to establish locations in underserved communities. She is also calling for $25 million to be included in the upcoming government funding bill. A juror's illness has abruptly delayed former President Donald Trump's expected testimony until Wednesday in the defamation trial over his comments about E. Jean Carroll. She's the writer who claims he sexually assaulted her in the 1990s. He said she lied. Trump's testimony had been expected as soon as yesterday, but then the court was called off. That happened after the judge said one of the nine jurors was ill and was sent home to take a coronavirus test. One of Trump's lawyers also hasn't been feeling well but tested negative, and his team wanted to postpone the Republican presidential frontrunner's next appearance until after Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Hi everyone, this is WNBF's Bill Flynn letting you know that a lot happens on weekends. And WNBF is always here to keep you informed and entertained. Join me both Saturday and Sunday mornings starting at 7 o'clock. On Sunday morning, we are always live. Kevin Bigsby has the current weather forecast, road conditions, and sports. And Roger Neal joins us with Binghamton University Bearcat basketball reports. We're always live and local in the southern tier and northeastern Pennsylvania. The powerful coverage of AM 1290 WMBF, also heard on WMBF FM 92.1 and streaming. We are here in the studio keeping you entertained and keeping you informed. Personality, community events, news, weather, sports, traffic. You can always depend on us. The Bill Flynn Show, always live Sunday mornings beginning at 7 on WMBF AM 1290, FM 92.1. Here's another I Love New York travel tip. Relive and experience the thrill of Winter Olympic competition in the Adirondacks, in Lake Placid and at Whiteface Mountain in Wilmington. At the Olympic Center in Lake Placid, see the history and experience the excitement of the games at the Lake Placid Olympic Museum, then go ice skating on the Olympic Speed Skating Oval. 
At the Olympic Jumping Complex, ride the elevator to the sky deck on top of the 120-meter jump tower and see where ski jumpers launch into thin air. You can even Nordic ski at Mount Van Hovenberg, the site of Olympic, World Cup, and National Championship events. To learn more about visiting Winter Olympic sites in New York State, visit the I Love New York website at iloveny.com or dial 1-800-C-A-L-L-N-Y-S. That's 1-800-CALL-NEW-YORK-STATE. It's easy to love New York. So it begins. This is Binghamton Now with Bob Joseph, live and local on Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. Our number, 607-772-1290. What is on your mind? Again, the number is 607-772-1290. Let's take a call, shall we? Good morning, WNBF Binghamton Now. Hello, uh, this is John. Uh, Oh, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I just went to Endicott to buy a battery. Oh, yeah, those car batteries, they don't last. (laughs) Not in this weather. I need some backup batteries, so I went to the highly touted Gigafactory to see how many batteries I could get, and they had none for me. Well... That's more or less over with. Uh, again, my concern is. Uh, oh, before we go any further, in in the interest of transparency, the caller is John from Binghamton. Continue. Yeah. But, well, before I I bang the Magnus drum, what what I really called about was your interview on Friday with the Vestal Town Supervisor and uh, what you unearthed about really a rogue town board member, uh, name-dropping anybody that he feels uh, could possibly come to Vestal, and uh, he's on the forefront of that. Uh, You know, this guy's, this town board member's got a real credibility problem, in my opinion, and I think he's proved it. I mean, he he said when you interviewed him uh, maybe six months ago, he said his taxes were paid, his taxes are not paid. Uh, to my knowledge, he's the only. Well, he still opinion. maintains that his taxes are paid. So maybe, maybe what reflects in some databases isn't current. I, I did speak with him after we had the new town supervisor on the program Friday. So he uh, 
said that his taxes were paid. He also said regarding the, uh, I think, the current issue about a project where the Friendly's restaurant and also the old Pizza Hut restaurant, that little uh, section of the parkway, he insists that, um, well, first of all, he confirmed that conversations were had with the prospective franchisee. He declined to identify the potential franchisee, but he said he, he thinks the paperwork will be uh, submitted to the town later this year, and he said that he believes construction of the new Dairy Queen could start in the third or fourth quarter. That's what he well, said on Friday afternoon. Well, this is the way he operates. He he makes a statement like something is eminent, and then he stretches out the time frame. There's, from what I gather, there's two major franchisees in New York State, upstate New York. One guy is in Horseheads, the other guy's up near Syracuse. Uh, but uh, you know, he he uses terms inappropriately. He 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 said in his uh, social media post that he secured a tenant. Now I don't know what that means. I mean, he thinks that. Uh, Jerry Queen is going to operate out of the old Friendly's building. Is that it? And then he also stated, uh, guess erroneously now, uh, that the other town board members were working on it hard, too. So, look, in order to end the mad... Well, in fairness, I haven't talked with any other town board members. The only people I've spoken to about the prospective Dairy Queen, I spoke with... Maria Sexton in the live interview on Friday. Then Friday afternoon, I contacted Mr. Donnelly. So I haven't talked with other town board members, and I haven't talked with the former town supervisor, John Schaefer. According to Stephen Donnelly, I believe he told me that he and John Schaefer had had conversations with the person who is interested in developing a Dairy Queen. So... I mean, even even though uh, the town new town supervisor told us on the program that she had no knowledge, according to uh, Mr. Donnelly, and uh, well, I haven't contacted or tried to speak with John Schaefer, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I I don't doubt that you know conversations occurred. Well, here's what I found out, and this is uh, I found out when. And this is anybody, not just this guy, but anybody, mayors of Binghamton and stuff like that. When someone says they're in negotiations or they're talking to this person, I immediately uh, file a foil uh, for emails or phone logs or something that would indicate that there indeed was uh, conversation. Uh, in, in, to that end, I have filed a foil with the town of Vestal uh, for uh, Stephen Donnelly's emails. Now, uh, if there's nothing, uh, we're going to see what the paper trail is on this thing. But I think here's here's there's two problems. Uh, from time to time, uh, Vestal, the town of Vestal, is in the public debt markets for uh, anticipation notes on bonds, etc. I don't know if they got any paper out there now, but the SEC is cracking down on public officials that make forward-looking statements. That's a concern with Stephen Donnelly. The next concern, I believe, is he's trying to usurp uh, the town supervisor's role. I mean, the town supervisor speaks for the town. Now, if he clarifies this and says, I'm not speaking for the town, I'm speaking for myself. Well, that's one thing he did uh, 
when he spoke with me Friday afternoon, I think more than once, he said he put it on his personal Facebook page. And I believe he said he was speaking, he wasn't representing the town, he was speaking for himself. Now, this well, is not a, it's not a broadcast interview, this is just a phone conversation, but I, I believe that a point that he uh, made more than once when I spoke with him Friday, that it was something was not on a town website, wasn't on the town's Facebook page, it was on his personal Facebook page on New Year's Day. So that, so that he's, he's saying that that's essentially a disclaimer. I don't know if it's a disclaimer. I'm just telling you a bit about yeah. our conversation. Again, yeah. this was not a formal interview. It was a conversation because I was interested in getting his response to what Supervisor well, Sexton said. Well, if you notice, when he first ran for public office, he ran on the tumult of the Bun Hill Road project. And he, 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 he wiggled in into office uh, on that. And then... When the vote was cast, he said he didn't have enough information, but he had as much information as anybody on the town board at that time or access to the same information that they had. But he said he wasn't on the town. Now, he didn't give that heads up when he was campaigning. He used that controversy to get into office, and at that time he was a fresh face. But I'm just saying this. I, I I think they've got a big problem now with this guy because his political campaign, you know, you go, his campaign page is still up. He names virtually every uh, politician from Lupardo to Akshar that he's worked with all these people. Uh, maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. But I do know, and I, and I, I think this is a fair statement, he is wildly prone uh, to exaggeration. All right. Well, at some point. I wouldn't be surprised that he'll call in and, and address the concerns you raised. It's 922 at WNBF. All are welcome here. It's a community conversation. We're here for you, 607-772-1290. Remember, WNBF.com gives you original local reporting every day. So if you are asking yourself what is going on around here, well, much of what goes on around here is reported on WNBF.com as well as on air at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. This is Bob Joseph. It's a Tuesday morning. Hope you're enjoying the morning so far with WNBF. I'm Joseph, WNBF Live at 925. Joe and Awego, good morning. Good morning, sir. I have enjoyed the last three or four days of your program immensely. You had somebody on Friday that was, I think, demeaning the flat earthers. Uh, and yesterday, I believe, there was a significant discussion about what it does not matter that much who is saying it it's what's being said at least the respect and the courtesy to listen and one of the things about information is it comes from a lot of different sources and i think the flat earthers might ask you uh something like why is the water deeper on the top of the table than it is on the basketball that i just poured it on 
And somebody might say, well, gravity holds the, the uh, water on the earth. That's why it doesn't fall off. But if that's the case, why is the rain falling from the sky this morning? It just, just things will stimulate your mind and enhance your life with mental activity. And I think you did it a service to the public by saying, hey, look, listen to what's being said, but be respectful. You can disagree without being disagreeable. I appreciate your program. Thank you, Bob. And I appreciate you too, Joe. Thank you for the call. It's 927. Everybody's uh, allowed to call in here. In fact, I wish, I wish everybody would call in. Although I'm sure I would get a memo from the phone company saying, thanks a lot, Bob, for melting down our phone system. We had 8 billion people calling simultaneously, and now all we have left on Henry Street at the phone company building is the smoldering remains of a once-proud communications infrastructure. Anyway, fortunately, most people listening don't call. We've said that before. It's more than 99% of the people listening don't call, but they love hearing from people like you, the people who do have some time and a willingness to talk and express yourself. And also, hey, talk about some local things. This is a local program. I'm not saying today, because it is a special day, I'm not saying today we're not going to talk about non-local issues. I would be shocked if we go the next two and a half hours and wind up talking only about local stuff. Hey, but you never know. In large measure, it's up to you. You have local topics, feel free to put them out there. Phone number 607-772-1290. WNBF, on air at 92.1 FM and 1290 AM. And always available on the free WNBF app. I'm Joseph Live. Oh, here we go. Hi, hi, WNBF Hotline. You're on the air. Yeah. Matt from Big Bull. 
Hey, Matt from Binghamton. Uh, sounds like you have one of those really uh, poor lines today. Can you get near a window? Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Where are, you, are you on the roof now? Uh, yeah, I just went out. But... Okay, don't slip. Don't slip. Freezing rain. <laughs> don't slip from the roof. That would be a big story. What's on your mind? Well, anything. Uh, I, the, the gentleman, I, I really enjoy his calls, the guy that called after John, about saying that I was demeaning the flat earthers. I'm no way demeaning flat earthers. I don't, you know, I wouldn't want one of them being an engineer for NASA. But um, I just, I brought up the flat earthers because I think most people don't believe the earth is flat. And, you know, but if you want to believe it, that's fine. But what I brought it up for was the fact that if you look on, you do a research and there's a study out of the University of Melbourne in Australia that I talked about. It's really about why so many more people are believing in a flat earth society, are believing in a flat earth. And it's because of social media and it's because of the way um, social media works and how it drives people um, to a certain site and then they go down the rabbit hole and they become flat earthers a lot of them and it's a really interesting society you, i did i did a spent about an hour or two listening to things about what they do and they don't you go to a flat earth conference they don't talk about flat earth too much they, they're way into other conspiracies and all sorts of things do they have any uh, flat earth conferences here in binghamton I don't know. I haven't. I, I would love this. I would love to go. Them, but I, I, you know, I, yeah. if they have a flat, anyway, earth, the point, a flat Earth conference in Binghamton, I, I think I would go. Maybe they'd have it at the, the arena. Po the point is, is that if you want to understand how complete disinformation and how people believe it uh, can happen, uh, look no further than people who. Uh, why there's so many more people, especially young people, apparently, who, um, 18 to 24, who uh, now, you know, kind of adhere to the flat earth, flat earth um, so idea. So here's a question. What if I come on the air tomorrow and say, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this, and, and the more I read about it, the more I'm convinced that probably the uh, flat earth society and the, the people at these conferences actually have a point. So what would you say well, about me if if I said I'm suddenly skeptical about about the uh, I would say round you're earth too old to be Okay, what I'd probably say to you is unfortunately you're too old to be uh, an astronaut. And maybe we should go back to just sending people up up and do a few laps you know on what, the earth. What what I could do if I had a friend who would Lend me, not lend me, give me whatever it takes, I think $50 million or $100 million to get a slot on one of those private space things. Then I could verify for myself if the Earth is really flat or if it's sort of round like a ball. But I, that's right. the problem. Only a select few of us on the planet have the the resources. You're right. At at my age, NASA is not going to. NASA won't shoot me up there in a rocket, so I could go into orbit and right. verify once and for all the status of this planet. But you could bet somebody like Elon Musk or one of those other uh, upstarts who has a space program, they would be like, "Sure, where's where's the cash? Give it." We won't take a check. Just give us a, a huge stacks of cash for $30 million. We'll shoot you up there. 
Right. Well, again, my whole point was let's uh, let's look at more information than our own bubble that we live in. Because if you you know if you don't understand that Donald Trump is you know has lied more than anybody in the history of any kind of public figure, that almost every word that comes out of his mouth is not true. Uh, or delusional now that he's talking about Nikki, 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 Nikki Haley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, why, why didn't 6th? Nikki Haley accept his offer of of help on January sixth? What you know? How come Nikki Haley? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's the, the whole thing. That, that clip and and so many other clips we've seen are disturbing. Yeah, but that's the point. It's I know so many other clips. Yeah. I know. So many On the other, other hand, clips, not- for the for the hate Joe Biden crowd, and there are members of them listening today, they too can string together a bunch of clips. You know what what um, is always fascinating to me is when I turn on this radio station, I'm out say covering news during the afternoon, I, if if you hit the sweet spot just right when you turn the station on, somebody is running like a three-minute clip of Joe Biden's greatest hits, too. So, I mean, if somebody yeah, wants to Biden, do that... Here's the, here's the difference. They're both old. There's no doubt about right. it. They're both, and there, no by the way, there's comparison. nothing wrong with that. We all strive right. to get to, you know, 80, 90, 100, and beyond. I, I heard somebody... Uh, yesterday or no on Sunday somebody said his goal was to to live to be 106 and I was not in a situation where I could discuss that further with him my that's not my goal I mean if I wind up no. being 106 so be it but I trust me my my goal isn't to make it to 106 but whatever I mean we'll see see what happens in time but uh, yeah I mean we're all as we age and people can right. people can discern it on this program. When I started this program, when I was a youth, I was sharp as yeah. a tack. But but now every morning you hear you can you can discern. If you had a tape of the first Binghamton now, and ran it uh, against a tape of Monday's Binghamton now, you could see yeah. that uh, clearly. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm losing my I'm losing my edge. You said it. I didn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're just supposed to say no, Bob. No, no. Don't worry. I haven't noticed it much at all. Much. I don't. <laughs> one one other thing, Victor. Like, if you listen, there's there's a big difference between and what's scary to me and what's scary to a lot of people who pay attention is that we have a, a presidential candidate who loves authoritarian figures. I mean, if, if anybody would just take, they, they had a special issue of the Atlantic magazine, which is very thin. It's it's one of the most prestigious publications in the history of journalism. And the whole uh, last month's um, special issue was about what it would be like if Donald Trump was elected again. And it's really sobering and scary because and they show everything he did before, everything he said before. And one of the big ones is about his his uh, going towards authoritarian figures. Um, I mean, Viktor Orban, he's, he's the um, head of Hungary, and, and that country has a GDP of, of like 180. It's like so small. And he's always praising what they're doing there. He's, you know, and if you know anything about Viktor Orban, it's he's totally made um, he's doing exactly what Trump wants to do if he gets reelected he t- totally destroyed 
the civil service system, put all his cronies in there. They're all getting rich and, and, and uh, off of big contracts and stuff like that, becoming all, all types oligarchs in a smaller way than Russia is oligarchs. But that's what he's doing, and he's taking away the free press. That's what Donald Trump wants to do. He said it. He's, it's part of his platform. He wants to end civil service, somehow equating that with these are the people who Neutral workers supposed to stay out of politics. We have rules that keeps them out of politics, so they do their job properly for the American citizens. And he wants to end that. And and that means, uh, you know, first of all, if you're a working man and he just decides I'm going to end this and put all the people I want in there, and you've worked your whole life to be a, a good public servant and be and, and go by the nonpartisan rules, um, all of a sudden that's can all go away in a heartbeat. Well, that's the chance you take. I mean, even at the local level, sometimes people uh, wind up losing their government jobs when there's a change in administration. That's the that's the risk you take. Uh, not not if you're not if you're a civil servant. Yeah, I know, I know. It's supposed to protect you, but hey, let's put it this way. Why? And I'm not saying that newly elected officials should automatically clean house and put in their cronies. But this is just uh, a question to, to put out there. Why Why do government workers, and this is, this is a serious question, why do all government workers have more protection than any private sector employee? Why? Well, for- I mean, I have no protection ab- about, uh, you know, I... The the truth is, you know, I'm here now. I'm here now. But what if they don't want me uh, five seconds from now? I have no protection. And, and that's true of so many other people in the private sector. Virtually every government employee gets so many protections when, when they're accused of doing something minor that's wrong or even something heinous. It's usually, it's usually kept secret. Even if the allegation is investigated, a lot of times the information, even if it's corroborated, a lot of times the information is withheld. Why Why are government employees, and you're a former government employee, why are government employees so special? Well, I don't think they're that special. First. No, they get, they, why do they get special treatment? For example, if somebody who works for the city or county, or state is accused of doing something wrong on the job, the information will be withheld from the public. We are their employees. We pay their salaries, and the information will be withheld, even after the investigation's completed. So that's why they're treated differently than the rest of us. Okay, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. The the thing that people who work for the government do, they they have some security, they have some, uh, hopefully, pension benefits, they have these things. They get paid horribly, most of them. That's a generalization. And I know, uh, trust me, I know enough government employees to know a lot are getting paid less than what they really deserve. But I also know enough government employees are getting paid a lot more than I think they deserve and a lot more than they would make in the private sector. So uh, what I will say, if you go into government employment, you go in with your eyes open. The, whether the, it's the pay or the benefits or anything else, it's it's pretty much clear to you. You can do your, your homework, same with the private sector. Do your homework and find out what you're going to be paid. I still say 
that for people who do something wrong on the job, that uh, they're given a lot more protection if they're working for the government. If uh, I, working in the private sector, am suspected of doing something wrong on the job, maybe it'll be investigated or maybe I'll be dismissed. Well, well give me some examples. Cause when I'm I- not – well – no, I'm not going to give you examples. If you don't understand my point, then we'll just move on. I think I made a valid point, but Matt from Binghamton, if you don't understand my point, I'm not going to discuss it further on the radio. I think most of the listeners understand the point I'm making, but you, as a former government employee, apparently don't get it. I do understand your point, and I think you're wrong. So and you won't let me... Uh, the well, then tell me how I'm wrong. Tell, tell me if somebody's accused of impropriety or wrongdoing in a local government, and, and they won't, in most cases, they won't be fired from their job. Maybe they'll be suspended. Maybe they'll be told to stay home but still be paid. So you tell me how, how that, that same kind of protection ex- exists in the private sector. Explain. I'm not. I'm not saying that private. It's clear that private, private, um, the private sector can fire any and at will. But is that is that what we want? I mean, if you do something, say there is somebody in a, it has to do with who works for, who works for the government, who makes the decisions. If you have, if you don't have some protections for workers, uh, when they're doing the people's business and this is what's that for- by the way i didn't say i want less protection for government workers i want equal protection for all workers that's the point i'm making i'm not saying that public sector employees don't deserve to be protected when somebody new comes in or if somebody uh decides eh, i want to open up that position for one of my cronies i'm not saying that i'm saying Private sector employees should be afforded the same protections that government employees get. How are you how are you going to get there, Bob? Exactly. Good point. That's my point. We're not going to get there. But at least, I think at least we understand there's a big difference for someone accused of doing something wrong on the job and they're a government employee. They're liable to have a better chance of prevailing and at least defending themselves than if they work in the private sector. Private sector is known for firing people on a whim, for cause and with no cause. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm so proud of you. Why? Bob, you actually challenged him and did you hear about you didn't know what to say well what do you agree with my basic point am i off the mark that guy drives me nuts bob i'm telling you i was driving home just now and he started in and i knew he was going to get to donald trump and right before i pulled in my driveway donald trump's name come up so i ran in here got the phone i've been trying to get through you need a call screener Hello? Oh, I I need a lot more than that. Yeah, Kathy <laughs> White, man. I used to like to chat with yeah, her. Yeah, no, I need, there's a lot of stuff that I need and a lot of stuff, uh, you know. But Is that place I, cotton up there? Hey, you know, life is life. You know, this is not the government. Yeah, this is private not. sector. Bob from Vessel, this is the private sector. 
Oh, I know. Yeah, if, exactly if it was the government, no, if it was the government, we'd be adding employees. But oh, this I is the know. private That's sector. Funny. Look at the private sector. Look at the employment levels everywhere in the media and everywhere else in the private sector. There are uh, cuts that continue, cuts that persist, I know that. thanks to Joe I've been, Biden. I've been caught. I've been. I got walked out of uh, EIT in two thousand nine. See ya. Better get your prescriptions filled because you have no medical right. coverage after really. Today. You know, basically, know the that. word is you know, uh, don't let the door hit you on the right. way out. But man, oh man, I knew he would stick up for because he was an employee of that. System. Well, and again, I I don't. I don't begrudge government employees the protections they have. I don't either, but uh, but but again, I mean, to to not acknowledge that that say if if I'm accused of doing something wrong here in the private sector versus if I was accused of doing the same thing working for the city of Binghamton, I probably would be afforded more protections. Thanks to you know he says, well, of course, civil service. Yes, I know. Well, maybe we need a, 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 a something that protects private sector workers too, so they they have a chance if they're suspected of doing something wrong that they won't be dismissed and well, get out of here. But I, there's there's more to it. I know, I'm sure there is. We wish you the best in your future endeavors. Now, scram. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just glad you challenged him. That's all I ask. All right. Well, when these people call here and start saying all this ridiculous stuff. Say, hey, wait a minute. What about this? Well, I res this? you know me. I respect everyone's opinion, even if I disagree. All right. Take care. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes you try to make a point, and you make the point a couple times, and when you realize that it's not going to be accepted, you just move on. Why not? Just move on. 952 WNBF. This is Bob Joseph on your Tuesday morning. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob. Rob from uh, Port Crane. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, not much. I'm Bob from Vestal is my favorite caller. I, I agree with him. I got to meet him someday. But uh, the reason Matt and those guys act the way they do Bob, they think they're better than us. They refer to themselves as our leaders and the elites, and they're none of that. These people are elected. The people put them in office, but they forget that when they get there because they get corrupted by, you know, the whole system's run by blackmail and bribes. Our government just... Well, don't, don't make it sound like it's unique to the U.S. Oh, it's not. It's, but, I mean, it's, I, it's I would say I would say probably there's corruption in every government in every country, large and small. I... I I, know. I don't like it, but I accept it because not not because I think it's something to be condoned and encouraged. Because based on my reading of history, there's always been a certain level of corruption in every government organization, and in fairness, many private organizations. There's there's a certain level of corruption that I'm convinced will exist in almost every human endeavor. That's true. And but again, I, we, we shouldn't be happy about it, but I also think we we need to a degree to a degree make our peace with it that we're never gonna snuff it out completely. Every time no, we won't. every time there's a big announcement, you know, uh, uh, a a state or federal uh, corruption investigation and people have been indicted. And it's like hurrah for that. But it happens all too rarely 
and they make a big deal about it when indictments are, are finally made after lengthy investigations. And then, you know, the proof of the pudding is how often do corrupt officials ever wind up going to the big house? I'm not saying they never do. Sometimes, often. sometimes government 100%. employees and elected officials, sometimes if their conduct is particularly egregious, they'll go to prison. But it doesn't happen often. Well, Bob, you know, I, I would like to hear these, these officials when they call in, ex and, and current, you know, I want to hear them talk about today, the Biden's open border thing. Because I told you yesterday about that guy that came across and he said, soon you'll all know who I am. Well, there was another attack yesterday in New York City. There were three three New Yorkers that were walking down the sidewalk. They saw an apparent illegal taking a leak on a parked car. They asked him to stop. So what's the guy do? He turns around and slashes a 66-year-old's throat. This is I don't understand the way people behave. I, 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 I mean, I'm serious when it comes to the violence and things like that. It it, it just, it really makes no sense. So, I anyway. And why these people are allowed here. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they're here, but I wish they'd behave. And I, I wish they would follow a legal process. Follow the rules. The United States has rules. I have to follow rules. Rob follows rules. Matt from Binghamton follows rules. John from Binghamton. Jonah Wego. Bob from Vestal. We all follow rules. So if you're coming here, I wish people the best when they come here, but follow the rules. Follow the rules. Dave from Binghamton writes on Twitter, thank you for adding you want private sector employees to have similar protections as public employees. That is why unions are important. Thank you, Dave. Again, I was not suggesting for a moment that public sector employees should have less protections than they have now. No, in fact, I think they should have even more protections. But I think private sector employees deserve protections too so they can't be dismissed as easily as they currently can but you know what that ain't happening fortunately for government employees their unions at the moment still are are fairly strong and they're able to protect their members in many not most in many cases this is bob joseph friend of the working person here at News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. News Radio, Where news breaks first. News Radio, 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, a chance of snow, freezing rain, and sleet with a high near 32. Total daytime snow and sleet accumulation of around 2 inches. Tonight, rain, snow, and freezing rain with a low around 32 degrees. New snow and sleet accumulation of less than half an inch possible. Wednesday will be cloudy with rain likely and a high near 38. A three-story home in Binghamton's first ward was heavily damaged by a blaze that left about eight people without a place to stay. Authorities said the fire at 31 Grace Street was reported around 6.20 a.m. on Monday. 
The first firefighters on the scene reported flames could be seen on the first and second floors of the building. Investigators believe six to eight people were inside the two-unit apartment house when the fire was discovered. Everyone was out of the building when police and firefighters arrived. The main body of the fire was knocked down after 20 minutes. The fire appeared to have started in a bedroom on the second floor. Fire and police department investigators were looking into the cause of the blaze, but officials said the blaze did not appear to be suspicious. The Red Cross was called in to assist several adults who were left homeless by the fire. Broome County Sheriff Fred Akshar announced on Monday a new partnership to help better protect victims of domestic violence and save lives. Akshar, along with members of the Crime Victims Assistance Center and the Family Violence Prevention Coalition Council, spoke about the implementation of a new lethality assessment program that is designed to help identify victims who are at an increased risk of being killed by their intimate partner. This program utilizes evidence-based screenings to help law enforcement better assess potential lethality by identifying common red flags, patterns, and responses associated with domestic homicides. Upon responding to a domestic violence incident, the deputy on scene completes a screening with a victim. The deputy will determine whether the victim is at high risk for domestic homicide and connect them with the appropriate support services based on their answers. Consenting victims identified as high risk would be paired immediately with a local domestic advocate to develop a safety plan and other prevention measures. The Broome County Sheriff's Office notes they have already put the program into place twice so far this year. More than a decade after it launched operations, Binghamton's oldest brew pub is about to shut down. Kristen Andrasik, owner of the Water Street Brewing Company, said the business will be closing soon. Water Street Brewing was launched by John and Michelle Bleichart in 2011. Andrasik, who joined the operation shortly after it opened, acquired the business. She told WNBF News the tough decision to close down had been in the works for quite a while. Business was down last year, especially during the summer when many of Water Street Brewing's patrons are busy with other activities. She had been hoping business would start to pick up in the fall, but that didn't happen, noting the ongoing parking problems since the demolition of the old Water Street garage were a factor in the downturn. Anderstick made the tough decision to close the brew pub in recent days as it became clear the business was no longer sustainable. An official closing date for the Water Street Brewing Company has not been determined. She said it will be open for a few more days, but will shut down for good by the end of the month. U.S. Senator Gillibrand visited Greater Good Grocery in Binghamton to announce her Healthy Food Financing Initiative Reauthorization Act legislation that would help end food deserts. Food deserts are areas where a significant portion of residents who don't have easy access to a grocery store and affordable, nutritious food. Instead, they are forced to rely on corner and convenience stores, which often sell little to no fresh produce, meat or dairy, and whose prices are higher than those of a typical supermarket. 
Gillibrand was joined by Mayor Jared Cram, Broome County Executive Jason Garner, along with General Manager of Greater Good Grocery in Binghamton, City Councilor uh, Kenya Middleton, Director of Child Les Aylesworth, and Reverend Dr. Joe Selipak, Executive Director of the Broome County Council of Churches. Gillibrand's legislation would provide $50 million annually in mandatory federal funding for the Healthy Food Financing Initiative, which is a USDA program that offers loans and grants to incentivize grocery stores to establish locations in underserved communities. She is also calling for $25 million to be included in the upcoming government funding bill. A juror's illness has abruptly delayed former President Donald Trump's expected testimony until Wednesday in the defamation trial over his comments about E. Jean Carroll. She's the writer who claims he sexually assaulted her in the 1990s. He said she lied. Trump's testimony had been expected as soon as yesterday, but then the court was called off. That happened after the judge said one of the nine jurors was ill and was sent home to take a coronavirus test. One of Trump's lawyers also hasn't been feeling well but tested negative, and his team wanted to postpone the Republican presidential frontrunner's next appearance until after Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Joseph live on WNBS. Tuesday morning, this is Binghamton Now. We'll be taking more of your calls coming up in a few minutes. So if you have thoughts about any local issues or maybe some other things, feel free to join us. We'll be here till noon. First, we're uh, pleased to have back on the program New York State Assemblyman Michael Benedetto represents the 86th District in the Bronx. And Mr. Benedetto, welcome back to WNBF Radio. How are you? Speaking to you and speaking to the people in the Southern Tier. We were just having a, a chat before we went on the air about... Um, Oh, things have happened over the decades. I think it's interesting you pointed out to me that you've uh, been a member of the State Assembly uh, for quite a while, as has our local Assembly member, Donna Lopardo. You and Assemblywoman Lopardo were elected and entered the Assembly, I believe, in the same year, is what you told me. Yeah, 2004, we were classmates, and... Um I have to say, um, I was elected with some great crew of assembly people who are good, dedicated servants to the people of the state of New York, and, and Donna is one of them. Well, who knows? She may be listening now. Certainly, I'm sure people in her uh, offices, whether in Binghamton or Albany, are probably tuned in, so they're probably making making notes. Oh, Assemblywoman Lopardo was mentioned on WNBF. I invited you back on the program to talk about some important legislation that you've been pushing that uh, is designed to protect young people in New York State. And this is a proposal that would prohibit children 
12 years old and younger from playing tackle football. Now, this is an issue that's been discussed in various states for a while. In fact, it came very close to a measure very similar to this being approved in the state of California, but that didn't happen. Now it looks as though perhaps this year there might be some movement in Albany on the bill that you've been supporting. Tell us a little bit about the background here and why you think this is such an important issue. Well, uh, I introduced this bill um, 11 years ago now, and uh, um, finally last year, we got a sponsor in the state Senate, and now we feel that it's ripe to move. And, and, and really, the purpose of this bill is, has nothing to do with hurting football. As a matter of fact, um, we think it would be just the opposite. We love this game, but we want to protect young people when they play it. Um, um, as science develops, you, we learn different things about the development of the brain. And it basically shows that in the years up to about 12 years old, the brain develops at a very rapid pace and, and slowly growing um, into, into uh, the cranium. And um, before that, uh, the brains when hit, will almost act like a bobblehead doll banging against the sides and maybe hurting its development. This is what we want to prevent. We want to prevent the constant knocks to the ground, hits to the head, the repetitive hits that will cause damage in later years. Of children, when their neck muscles have developed a bit more, that the brain is able to um, put protective coating um, around some of the nerve ends. Um, then, when the kids are older and better able to protect themselves, then ease them into tackle football. It's interesting. The experience in California and, and, uh, the key assembly member in California, Kevin McCarty, had, has been pushing this for several years. And as he said at a hearing, you can love football and love our kids and try to protect our kids at the same time. And so the bill did get a committee in California, but then Governor Gavin Newsom said no. He, he said basically at this time, forget about it. His statement, was I'm deeply concerned about the health and safety of our young children, but an outright ban is not the answer. What are the odds that that might be the response that Governor Kathy Hochul might have if your bill winds up being passed this year by the Assembly and Senate? It is the response that I get from an awful lot of people when they hear about my bill. Okay, and I understand their concern. I understand their feeling that it's a parental right to guide their children. But what we have learned over the years, as science learns various things, um, we change and, and, and produce laws to protect 
children. So, for instance, um, when I was a youngster, there were no laws about um, um, riding your bicycle. Now you, we realize that it's very important for kids under 14 years old to wear a helmet when you ride. And it's very good for everybody to wear a helmet when they ride a bike. Um, we also know that um, um, from years of, of study, um, smoking. Um, we don't allow smoking in the state of New York until you're 21 years of age. Uh, um, um, babies in car seats. We have made laws to protect children as science ex- expands their knowledge on various items. And it's the same thing here. And the sad thing is um, um, other sports have realized this. Soccer, they prevent heading in youth soccer. Um, um, They prevent body checking in hockey. Um, under from kids 14 years of old and, and younger. Um, how come in the most violent of sports where the object is to hit your opponent on every single play, knock him to the ground, and, and blows to the head, why isn't football doing the same thing? And since they're not, well, then you step up as a legislator and you propose laws to protect the children. Speaking with Democratic Assemblyman Michael Benedetto, who's joining us this morning from Albany here on WNBF. Is this a partisan issue in New York? Are are Democrats generally more in favor of the proposal than Republicans, especially upstate Republicans? Yes, uh, for the most part. uh, um, 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 It is. However, I do have Republican, a Republican on my bill, um, 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 who was an ex uh, or former military person, and realizes the 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 effect that something like this can do to the brain, and and uh, had signed on to my bill and is trying to convince his. Um, um, his colleagues to do the same thing. Um, if you're generally aware of what the problem is and the danger for children's development, um, it's really a nonpartisan issue. Um, protecting kids, protecting their development. Wow, what isn't a um, nonpartisan issue uh, other than that? How well organized is the opposition in New York State this year? I I wouldn't say they're well organized uh, in the sense that it's a um, uh, a team effort to stop this, um, but it is still an issue that um, makes a lot of people very angry. And as a matter of fact, it was I remember one um, um, legislate legislator um, who, uh, after I promoted this bill, maybe six, seven years ago, just smiling at me one day after um, um, we received an awful lot of publicity about it. And he said, boy, Mike, let me tell you, in your district, opposing your bill is like 
job security for me. Um, he, he was so happy um, that I was introducing the bill because he would just use it in his area where they love football. And uh, my, 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 my bill was just evil. I understand that. It's a tradition. It's, uh, to many people, um, it's a right of manhood to get up there and, and play this very violent game. But for God's sake, um, if you're dealing with children, um, you got to take a step up and um, be careful about them and protecting them. Have you spoken with Kathy Hochul about this? I have spoken to the governor's team about this who have listened very politely um, but have never made really any firm commitments just as um, just uh, as it goes yet. Um, if we get to that situation where we see that my bill and the Senate bill are moving in both houses, okay, then we'll get down to the real nitty-gritty and talking to them and uh, why this should be and why New York should lead um, the rest of the states in this effort as an example. So after more than a decade, do you think this could be the year of finally getting the proposal approved, getting it through both the Assembly and Senate? I am always optimistic. Um, uh, I think it's an important, such an important issue that I just keep on pressing it forward. And, yeah, I think this year um, we're getting towards a critical mass on this bill. And we're hoping that it finally gets past both committees um, in the um, um, Assembly and Senate and finally gets to the floor um, for a vote. I'm looking forward to it. Assemblyman Michael Benedetto, who represents part of the Bronx and is joining us this morning from the Capitol in Albany. Thank you. Bob, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for the time. It's 1022. This is Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph. We thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to chime in about the proposal that Assemblyman Benedetto is discussing and has been pushing for so many years, you're welcome to call. Or if you want to talk about other issues, hey, it's a big world out there. The world is your talk show oyster, 607-772-1290. This is Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the southern tier money at Galt Toyota. Joseph Live, WNBF. Dave and Vestal, good morning. You're on the air. Sean. Hey. Hey, you know, you know, I was listening. I was listening there, and he, uh, 
you know, Ron from Binghamton should be happy that he's shining a light. You know, Ron, he wrote articles in into the newspaper, and he's even talked on the show about that topic. So he he, he should be happy. And, well, and also, yeah. in the interest of transparency, it was Ron from Binghamton who um, sent an email to me last week and suggested I do another conversation with Assemblyman Benedetto. And so we did. And I, I, yeah. I find it intriguing. By the way, for those who may disagree, and I'm sure there are some who disagree, whether it's school officials, coaches, whatever, parents, hey, feel free to call in. This is not a one-sided show. No, and I, and I love football too, Bob. And he, but you know, <clears throat> I disagreed with Ron for the longest time, and then he he, he got me moving on it because if it's showing medically showing evidence that starting at a young age it's going to affect them later on in life, then I'm on his side totally. But hey, that's not the main reason why I called, Bob. I, I called um, earlier. You had a conversation where uh, our, our ex-mayor there, uh, he, uh, he 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 said that Trump was going to do away with free press. I don't know where he got that information from, but Trump's never he would never do that. Matter of fact, it's the opposite. It's the majority of the free press is trying to do away with Trump. No, actually, uh, I, I I think the truth is, and I think we've covered this frequently on the program. What what's left, the smoldering wreckage of what's left of a once proud America American journalistic infrastructure, really wants him, and and probably although. I don't think American uh, editors and reporters would be able to say this publicly without fear of getting blowback. But for the in the best interest of the industry, financially, I mean, not not necessarily uh, for First Amendment and freedom of the press things, but uh, the industry would do better over the next four years, starting January. 20th of 2025 with him as president because there are going to be more clicks, more eyeballs, and more people listening to programs like this if he's president because remember, the first time he was president was a thrill a minute. And now with Joe Biden, we don't have necessarily that that kind of, you know, what did he do now? And and it, it used to be, you know, five or ten things would erupt with the former guy when he was still in the White House during a, a news cycle. Now things are moving much more slowly, and certainly from an audience retention standpoint, that's not helpful. Hey, I don't think there'll be thrill. Matter of fact, you could play oh, The Thrill is Gone by B.B. King later if you want. No, they, hey. well, again, <laughs> may, you, you may, and all I will stipulate is may, be on to something mm -hmm. that, that more... American journalist would tend to vote for the current guy than the former guy. I don't know if that's true or not. It may be. But I'm saying the people who run the media business, even remember the CBS guy when when um, uh, the 45th president was in office, he even said in, in, in a public forum that he was good for the business. So business wise, so it can't be argued. I'm not saying that uh, you know if he does become a dictator. I mean, whether it's a dictator for one minute or one day, or a year or four years, 
I'm not saying if he becomes a dictator, he won't try to impose restrictions on our free press. But he might. It, I don't know. Who, he who knows? No, well, he better no, not. He won't. He won't, Here's yeah. why I don't think he will. Because we know... He loves the press because we know in the past it's been documented. Say, he would go through the front page of the New York Times or even the entire paper and count the number of times his name got mentioned. He loves it. He, you know, in his office in Manhattan, I believe, still on the, the walls of his main office in Trump Tower, if that name is still used, maybe it's been renamed, but... His main office in Manhattan, I believe, still on the walls. It's the walls are filled with with uh, magazine covers of him. So he well, loves the free press because the free press give him the kind of publicity that that he so craves. Speaking of information, Bob, um, are you concerned that in today's day and age that, that uh, the majority of our young people are getting their they're getting their news from TikTok, Bob? I mean, do you like that idea? No, but by the same token, a lot of people of all ages are getting too much of their news, say, from late-night comedy shows. Because there's a lot of people have, for whatever reason, and, and there are, I understand, there are some good reasons why people are disenchanted or disgusted with traditional news outlets. I, I hear you, man. But uh, it's, it is kind of sad that a lot of people, if they're just, if they don't trust traditional news outlets or they're sick and tired of the way traditional news outlets cover things, that they have started tuning out radio, TV, and newspapers and, uh, yeah, getting a lot of their information online, whether it's social media or TV shows or whatever. I don't think that's healthy, but, hey, it is what it is. I, the one thing... You you can uh, lead a horse to a newspaper, but you can't force him to read it, right? <laughs> before I run, right, you're right, Bob. Before I run, real quick, Bob, I wanted to ask you: Did you see the the new band that uh, Sammy Hagar has formed? Did you notice that? Have you heard anything about it? Oh, what? I I, I didn't hear the the name of the band, but I heard their their first single. I can't drive one nineteen. No. No, 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 but the members I'm talking about, it's pretty intriguing. Yeah, Jason Bonham is going to play drums. he got Joe Satriani playing lead guitar. On bass, he's got the Van Halen bassist there, Anthony, and he's got a keyboard player. I forget his name. But Joe Satriano, Satriani playing lead, Bob, that ought to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It will be, especially if, especially if that Swift woman, if that Swift woman does a solo. I, I would... Uh, I would tune in for that if it's during the uh, halftime shows. <laughs> Thank you. That's <laughs> what we need is more of that swift woman. 10.33. We live in interesting times. 607-772-1290. What's on your mind? Oh, call me. Go ahead. <laughs> Make my day here at Binghamton now. Joseph live at 10:35 WNBF DJ in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. Thank you, Dave from Vestal. Now, there's a guitarist I can stick my teeth into. He plays like me. 
None of this slow hand mess. Uh, Joe Satriani. Hey, but the reason I called is because I was listening to the news this morning about the brewery closing. And I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm anti-alcohol because, you know, in the 80s we overdid it over there on Thorpe Street. But, in <laughs> but anyway, I thought about Rob from Port Crane. Him and I were walking home because we grew up together on the same street. We were walking home from Horseman on uh, Schiller Street. And he had this friend, and his nickname was Frustrated because the teacher left him in charge of the classroom. And when the teacher came back, everybody was cutting up. And the teacher said, what's going on? He said, well, to be honest with you, everybody was frustrated. And fifth graders didn't use words like that. But this kid was so smart. He was like a genius. And I asked him, him and Rob from Port Crane, I, I asked him, what are you guys doing tonight? It's Friday night. And he said, well, I'm going to stay home and have, uh, with my family, we're going to have wine and cheese. I said, wine and cheese? We're in fifth grade. We're 10 years old. People don't do that. So I was thinking about that because of the brewery closing, how some people can drink and some people can't. And then there was this old man on uh, Schiller Street. People would take a, like, a, like kids would go and take a tomato from his garden. He'd run after him, stealer, stealer. And then this lady on the three-wheel tricycle, they called her bananas. <laughs> I was wondering if, if uh, Rob from Port Green remembered that. Yeah. Well, on a, on a happier note, what about New Hampshire? New Hampshire? New Hampshire. Oh. Yeah, did I, you uh, hear? I, I, they had a, a report from New Hampshire on the news. Did you hear? Yeah, probably, because I watched a lot of news. What, what specifically, what about? The, the results are in from Dixville Notch and Nikki Haley. Unanimous. All of the people from the Dixville Notch Voting Center voted for Nikki Haley. It was a landslide, and it wasn't rigged. <laughs> Dixville Notch? That's a good word for it. Dixville Notch? Yeah, okay. Yeah, leave it up to those... Nikki Careful. Haley. And, and I mean, Nikki Haley, you got to admit, you got to admit, Joking. she she was uh, a very good governor. She was no Sarah Palin. I'm not talking about her, but, you know. No, I'm, not saying, well, I'm not saying that Sarah Palin was a bad governor. She just didn't read news newspapers. If, if she had read a newspaper, she would have been well-informed and she would have. <laughs> you have known something. Anyway, Bob, anyway. So I'm, as as we go forward, what do you think is going to happen? Well, let me tell you this. I want to comment about this real quick. Other people have been talking smack. Um, I'm young. I'm not elderly, and even I will mess up names. So that doesn't mean anything. Um, that that President Trump messed up a name. He, you know, he, he, it's evening. He's tired. These old guys. They're in bed at six, seven o'clock. He's out till late doing these rallies, it doesn't mean he's mentally incompetent. You know, I'd be more concerned when somebody said, I, 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 I got hairy legs. The children like to come and rub my blonde hair on my legs. That's messed up. That's messed up, brother. Well, as opposed to the Billy Bush tape. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? You know, that I, it might it might behoove people on both sides of the issue to uh, step back because I, I'm i not sure this particular issue is going to be winnable by either candidate. Both, both uh, shall we say, are, uh, are not blameless in that department. But uh, you, you could say with respect to the Billy Bush tape, you, you could tell that just listening to the tape, he meant what he said. I, I think it was 
he's a comedian. It's locker room talk. I don't well, it was locker room talk, and maybe he thought it was funny. I didn't find it funny. I've been in locker rooms before. I haven't heard that kind of talk. <laughs> I've heard worse. Than yeah, I'm sure you've heard worse, but that doesn't make it right. Two wrongs don't make a right just because some people talk that way. It's not right for someone who's going to lead the free world. None of it's right. Grabbing a senator's wife by the shoulders and sniffing her hair is not right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. We'll say it'll be interesting to see what the damages are assessed by the jury. Because the good thing is he's a billionaire, so even if they say he has to pay $10 million, you know, $10 million to a billionaire is essentially nothing. It's not even a slap on the wrist. Bob, like Krispy Kreme said, she's going to get smoked. I really don't care what the former New Jersey governor says, unless he says it here live on Binghamton Now. Stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you, DJ in Binghamton. At WNBF. By the way, if you're out driving, be careful. Slippery conditions. Please. Slippery conditions. So I implore you to drive with care. This public service, public service announcement has been presented by your friend, Bob Joseph. Drive carefully. It's 1042 coming up. We'll have the official forecast from the National Weather Service. You won't want to miss it. Hear it on 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Bob Joseph, Mr. Happy. It's 1046 at the happy spot on your dial. 607-772-1290 is the number. Our happy hotline. Now the forecast. This is it. The National Weather Service has provided the following forecasts for you, the people. Snow and sleet, possibly mixed with rain, becoming all snow after 11 a.m. High today, 34. Light and variable wind becoming southeast around 5 miles an hour this afternoon. Daytime snow and sleet accumulation less than 1 inch possible. Cloudy tonight, rain, snow, and freezing rain. Before midnight, then a chance of rain and sleet between midnight and 2 a.m. And then... A chance of rain, low 32. New snow and sleet accumulation overnight, less than a half inch. Cloudy tomorrow, rain likely. Mainly in the afternoon, high 38. Warmer on Thursday. And more and more and more rain, high 48. Right now, it's 34 in downtown Binghamton. That's one Celsius. For those who are... Outside today, whether you're part of the motoring public or the walking public, be careful. 
There is a winter weather advisory in effect until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Mixed precipitation. Additional snow accumulations up to two inches in some spots. Ice accumulations of a glaze to one-tenth of an inch. So there will be slippery road and sidewalk conditions. This may affect you as you speed your way home tonight. So you can watch News Channel 34 at 6. With all the important developments... So in other words, if you want to watch News Channel 34 at 6, give yourself some extra time. Or, yeah, actually, maybe leave early. If you leave at 11 this morning, tell your boss, I have to leave early because Bob said the roads will be slippery this afternoon. So I don't want to be rushing to make it home in time for the 6 o'clock news because I want to see what the team led by Jim Emke is going to be uh, putting out. And I'm sure your boss, you would say, well, of course, I understand. You don't want to miss the 6 o'clock news. Precipitation will briefly start as a wintry mix, with snow being the dominant precipitation type. Late this morning and afternoon, precipitation transitions back to freezing rain and rain this evening, with temperatures rising above freezing tomorrow morning. Valley locations will see temperatures below freezing the longest. However, the European model, she says it could be even worse. I don't even know the European model's name, but we we certainly hear her referenced enough. Right now, again, it's 34 here in downtown Binghamton in the heart of America's parlor city. And let's see what's going on here at uh, WNBF.com. I, I, I think in case you haven't seen the story, it's um, it's an interesting story here in downtown Binghamton. And it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but uh, sometimes these things happen. Uh, closing time. Another uh, Binghamton business, another downtown business will be shutting down. In the coming days, Water Street Brewing Company has announced they have brewed their final beer. And I stopped by on Monday and had a little chat. These are important stories, and yet these are certainly uh, difficult stories to report. I, I certainly... When it comes to local business stories, my preference always is to be able to report to you on new businesses or expanding businesses or businesses that are going to open additional locations. It's always a challenge to be reporting on a business that is winding down, especially Water Street Brewing Company, which has been part of downtown Binghamton since 2011. So, part of the... What I call Mr. Joseph's neighborhood. I love my neighborhood. We have we have a lot of a lot of good people. People who work here. People who have businesses. People who visit. And if you don't come downtown very much, I invite you. I cordially invite you to uh, to come downtown and check out the businesses. Support the businesses. You know, downtown Binghamton is nice. I also would say, however, 
if you're going to downtown Binghamton at night, for that matter, if you're going anywhere at night, Riverside Drive at night, any place at night, um, situational awareness. I don't care where you are. If it's dark, pay attention to what's going on around you. So that, well, I don't come to downtown Binghamton. I'm too scared. Well, okay. I'm in downtown Binghamton a lot, including quite a bit at night. And the main thing about downtown Binghamton or downtown anywhere else in the world, pay attention. Night and day, just pay attention. Situational awareness. Well, what if something happens? Well, same if you're at the mall. What if something happens? If you're eating a donut, what if something happens? I mean, the whole thing about life is what we know today, for some people, something's going to happen. But that doesn't mean you put your whole life on hold or stick around and uh, stay at home and in your basement and ordering stuff from Jeff Bezos. Anyway, getting back to Galaxy Brewing Company, uh, they will be shutting down the operation in the next week or so. So, I wish everybody involved in the enterprise the best. And Kristen Andresik, the owner, I wish her the best. Wish the employees well. Um, it's tough. Competition is tough. And with all the excitement that has gone on with the emerging craft brewing business, especially over the last, we'll say, 10 to 15 years, the fact is a lot of people around the southern tier and around New York and Pennsylvania and around the country, a lot of people have tried it. And not everybody can be successful. It's very competitive, and there are no guarantees. But I'm always glad to see people who are willing to take a risk and always do their best. It's a good thing. And again, more details are on our website, WNBF.com. I'm Bob Joseph. It's Tuesday morning. You're listening to Binghamton Now. WNBF, it's a Tuesday morning. I'm your host, Bob Joseph, listening to the Binghamton Now program on the air at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and online at WNBF.com. Lights are on, but nobody's home. Uh, oh, for you people who are uh, have a green thumb, the story may be of interest. According to the Albany Times Union, nearly three years after the weed was legalized in New York, regulators in Albany are now poised to adopt rules that will allow you to cultivate your own plants. So if you've been waiting for the opportunity to legally grow your own weeds, you might soon get that opportunity. Times Union says the proposed regulations will be discussed tomorrow at the Cannabis Control Board meeting. 
It will include a provision that would allow retail marijuana store owners and operators to sell starter plants. So if you can't figure out how to do it on your own, you can go to, oh, I don't know, maybe someplace on Court Street or someplace on Main Street in Johnson City or someplace on the Parkway in Vestal, and maybe they'll be able to sell you your own starter plants. Don't go out and do it yet. It hasn't been approved yet, but apparently the rules could be approved very soon. So people like you and all your neighbors could soon be growing their own plants. You could have a wild party this summer. Maybe. Stay tuned. It's 11 o'clock at WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, a chance of snow, freezing rain, and sleet with a high near 32. Total daytime snow and sleet accumulation of around 2 inches. Tonight, rain, snow, and freezing rain with a low around 32 degrees. New snow and sleet accumulation of less than half an inch possible. Wednesday will be cloudy with rain likely and a high near 38. A three-story home in Binghamton's first ward was heavily damaged by a blaze that left about eight people without a place to stay. Authorities said the fire at 31 Grace Street was reported around 6.20 a.m. on Monday. The first firefighters on the scene reported flames could be seen on the first and second floors of the building. Investigators believe six to eight people were inside the two-unit apartment house when the fire was discovered. Everyone was out of the building when police and firefighters arrived. The main body of the fire was knocked down after 20 minutes. The fire appeared to have started in a bedroom on the second floor. Fire and police department investigators were looking into the cause of the blaze, but officials said the blaze did not appear to be suspicious. The Red Cross was called in to assist several adults who were left homeless by the fire. Broome County Sheriff Fred Akshar announced on Monday a new partnership to help better protect victims of domestic violence and save lives. Akshar, along with members of the Crime Victims Assistance Center and the Family Violence Prevention Coalition Council, spoke about the implementation of a new lethality assessment program that is designed to help identify victims who are at an increased risk of being killed by their intimate partner. This program utilizes evidence-based screenings to help law enforcement better assess potential lethality by identifying common red flags, patterns, and responses associated with domestic homicides. Upon responding to a domestic violence incident, the deputy on scene completes a screening with a victim. The deputy will determine whether the victim is at high risk for domestic homicide and connect them with the appropriate support services based on their answers. Consenting victims identified as high risk would be paired immediately with a local domestic advocate to develop a safety plan and other prevention measures. The Broome County Sheriff's Office notes they have already put the program into place twice so far this year. More than a decade after it launched operations, Binghamton's oldest brew pub is about to shut down. Kristen Andrasik, owner of the Water Street Brewing Company, said the business will be closing soon. 
Water Street Brewing was launched by John and Michelle Bleichart in 2011. And Rasik, who joined the operation shortly after it opened, acquired the business. She told WNBF News the tough decision to close down had been in the works for quite a while. Business was down last year, especially during the summer when many of Water Street Brewing's patrons are busy with other activities. She had been hoping business would start to pick up in the fall, but that didn't happen, noting the ongoing parking problems since the demolition of the old Water Street garage were a factor in the downturn. Anderstick made the tough decision to close the brew pub in recent days as it became clear the business was no longer sustainable. An official closing date for the Water Street Brewing Company has not been determined. She said it will be open for a few more days, but will shut down for good by the end of the month. U.S. Senator Gillibrand visited Greater Good Grocery in Binghamton to announce her Healthy Food Financing Initiative Reauthorization Act legislation that would help end food deserts. Food deserts are areas where a significant portion of residents who don't have easy access to a grocery store and affordable, nutritious food. Instead, they are forced to rely on corner and convenience stores, which often sell little to no fresh produce, meat or dairy, and whose prices are higher than those of a typical supermarket. Gillibrand was joined by Mayor Jared Graham, Broome County Executive Jason Garner, along with General Manager of Greater Good Grocery in Binghamton, City Councilor Kenya Middleton, Director of Child Less Aylesworth, and Reverend Dr. Joe Selipak, Executive Director of the Broome County Council of Churches. Gillibrand's legislation would provide $50 million annually in mandatory federal funding for the Healthy Food Financing Initiative, which is a USDA program that offers loans and grants to incentivize grocery stores to establish locations in underserved communities. She is also calling for $25 million to be included in the upcoming government funding bill. A juror's illness has abruptly delayed former President Donald Trump's expected testimony until Wednesday in the defamation trial over his comments about E. Jean Carroll. She's the writer who claims he sexually assaulted her in the 1990s. He said she lied. Trump's testimony had been expected as soon as yesterday, but then the court was called off. That happened after the judge said one of the nine jurors was ill and was sent home to take a coronavirus test. One of Trump's lawyers also hasn't been feeling well but tested negative, and his team wanted to postpone the Republican presidential frontrunner's next appearance until after Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. WNBF documenting them changes as them changes occur. 
607-772-1290. Yes, it's the Tuesday edition of Binghamton Now. Join the final big hour. We're here till noon. You know what I mean? Jolly Bean? All right. Uh, if you're out driving around, we uh, encourage you to exercise extreme caution. I already have uh, been on the scene of one uh, crash this morning, and I do not wish to cover any other crashes today. That is my my hope as a, a journalist that I will not. I've got other stories already uh, planned out for this afternoon, so it would be in everyone's best interest if we have no additional crashes today. That would be good if feasible. So try to be careful out there. Slippery road conditions, um, whether it's this afternoon or this evening, use caution. Use discretion, please. Let's see what else is going on here. Let me take a look at the email. The unlisted email address. I remember they used to give out the email address quite often on this program. Hmm. Now they don't. Here's one. Oh, Jesse from a Wego. <sighs> Regarding politics. I'm very impressed that Nikki Haley got this far in the primary. As for Sarah Palin, she may have been a good governor. But for the most part, she's... Oh, oh, Jesse. Oh. No, Sarah Palin. I won't read that part. Sarah Palin, in my opinion, Sarah Palin certainly, certainly could have served as vice president. If John McCain had been elected. So, I think there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that Sarah Palin would have served as vice president if enough voters had opted for John McCain. So, 1113 WNBF. Oh, a ceremony. Hmm. A ceremony. I can't tell you about it yet, but they're going to have a ceremony this week. Hmm. Ah. A ceremony with all the bigwigs. And, as fate would have it, the ceremony will be held when I'm stuck here in the studio with my microphone and telephone. Oh, well. Uh, Can't go. Can't make it. What else is going on? Uh, BCC, I mean SUNY Broom. And, of course, they scheduled that for when I'm here at the station. What else is going on? Hmm. have an email. Here's an email with someone who is experiencing a problem. This is one of our loyal listeners in Johnson City. Or is it Binghamton? I can never tell. His street is one of those confusing streets where, depending on where you stand, you could be in Johnson City or you could be in Binghamton. It's one of those unusual streets. So he writes he's experiencing a problem 
with a business and cannot get resolution. Hmm. So apparently, apparently they had some problems with a vendor, and when I call them, I'm told that a mailing already went out, and so he's still waiting. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll look into that. I will look into it. And what else do we have here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I enjoy some of the, uh, the comments that are being made by an email by many of our listeners. Some, I mean, I read all the comments, of course. I don't necessarily read everything on the air, but I have to admit some of the observations being made by uh, our listeners today are right on the money. 11.15 WNBF, let's take a phone call. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Mark from Binghamton. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. I just want to say uh, I don't think Nikki Haley has a chance or would have a chance if she didn't have everybody pushing for her that these Democratic politicians that hate Donald Trump uh, helping her along. But my question wasn't that, or I just wanted to let that out, is why was everybody forced to get COVID vaccinations across the nation and threatened with job loss and pretty much anything they could throw at them, but not one of these immigrants coming across the border is vaccinated or getting vaccinated, and they're so worried about COVID with the uh, public, but they're not worried about anybody bringing it into the country or being vaccinated. Well, of course they're worried about it. I'm sure health officials are concerned about people coming into the USA today and they're not vaccinated. I, I would think every public health official is worried about it. And why wouldn't they vaccinate them at the entry gates as they're bringing them in when they're giving them cell phones and and all the uh, free money and benefits that they're getting coming across. Have you seen the video? I've seen a lot of videos where they're sneaking in. but I... Right. I mean, if they're sneaking in, if they're trying to get into the country and trying to avoid Governor Abbott's razor wire that's intended to inflict injury on people who want to get into America, uh, it's it's a mess. Probably a lot of the people who, after they've been through Governor Abbott's razor wire, they're probably bloody and injured. They're probably in no shape to get a jab. Well, I wouldn't blame the governor's razor wire. Well, I'm not I'm not saying the governor is a bad man. I'm saying his razor wire is designed to injure people. I'm, well, yeah, we're not a country without borders. Did you hear about the Supreme Court? They said that the federal government can cut Governor Abbott's razor wires uh, to protect people, to protect innocent people. So even the Supremes, even, dare I say, some of the Republican appointees on the Supreme Court agreed that having razor wire set up to hurt people is really not very humane. Right, it's showing where the uh, loyalty lies on the uh, protection of the borders. <laughs> well, it shows you where the loyalty lies when it comes to human life. You've got five members of the Supreme Court who respect human life, and then you have four other members. Well, we all respect human life, but there's no reason they can't go through the gate like everybody else who did this for the last couple hundred years. Well, the the system is broken, 
Nobody disputes that. The system is totally broken. And if they had enough gates to accommodate the people, I'm sure, I'm sure given, given the choice between going through a gate at a well-organized setup by the United States government would be preferable to trying to get yourself into the greatest country ever invented but having to having to avoid getting sliced up with Governor Abbott's razor wire. Right, but you wouldn't get sliced up if you followed that razor gate all the way down to the main entrance like you're supposed to. The line is too long. <laughs> well, you know what? The line at McDonald's is long, but everybody eats lunch. <laughs> yeah, but McDonald's is more efficient. Right. I mean, look at McDonald's. They, they can handle... What, what McDonald's did, and, and this is a lesson for the federal government, when McDonald's units got too busy, what did they do? Did they raise their hands and say, oh, no, we can't accommodate all the people who want our tasty burgers? What they did is added an extra lane. That's what the U.S. Right. government should do, add lanes. If, if, if you're doing a lot of business at the existing lanes, add more lanes until you have enough people to operate in an orderly fashion. This is no way to run a country. Right, and that's the Democrats destroying America. We had a we had an organized system when they, they were building the wall and they were all going to come through well, the way they're you supposed know, to, but, but tear but, the wall down. But your guy never built the wall. I mean, he, he knew. Did. He knew. He started it. He knew at the outset he had four years to, to get his job done. He had four That's years. He had four years to fulfill his promises, and he started his wall too late, too little, too late. And to boot, he made us pay for a wall that he said was going to be paid for by Mexico. Right. Do you know that he started building the wall, and he had, fought, had to fight every obstacle along? The yes. I read the news. Do you do you think I'm Sarah Palin and don't read newspapers? Come on, man. Right now, how about the? Uh Chuck Schumer get on, getting on the air back when Donald Trump was in saying, what are you going to do about $3.60 a gallon gas, Mr. President? Well, now it's down to $3 a gallon. Go up to Front Street and go go pay three oh three. Heck, if you're a member of their club, you can get it for under $3. Thank you, President Biden. And if you remember Donald Trump, it was $2 a gallon when he was in. Yeah, well, as, by the way, as we've established, uh, obviously that was all tongue-in-cheek, just playing along. So we've established presidents don't set the gas prices. You know that. Trump didn't. Obama didn't. Biden didn't. Reagan didn't. Presidents never have, and they never will set the price of gas. We do know that Biden's still running the country. Obama's still running the country because Biden... Obama isn't running anything, except maybe... I don't know. How's he doing with his presidential library? Is is it open yet? If if anything, maybe he's trying to run a presidential library. Did you ever hear the spokesman mess up and say, oh, when I talk to Obama, I mean Biden today. That pretty much says they're answering to Obama. Yeah. Did you ever hear the former guy mess up and say Nikki Haley was in charge in Washington on January 6th? No, I did not. Oh, well, he said it the other night, and a lot of people apparently got it on tape. So, you know, they make mistakes. I make mistakes. I misspeak. Donald Trump misspeaks. Joe Biden misspeaks. The White House press secretary, she misspeaks. We're all human. 
I just thought I'd put it out there. Okay. How many people lost their jobs over no not getting the COVID shot, and we're letting them flood the country unvaccinated. There's no comparison. Those problems. are two separate issues. You're trying to conflate one issue with the other. There's no connection. Well, there is there is cell phones each of them have. They can make them go down and get their COVID shots, but they will never do that. Well, maybe we don't have enough money. My guess is most of the people who are coming to the United States don't have insurance and also don't have money to pay for the COVID shot. And look, the U.S. government's not going to pay for it, will they? Oh, maybe they will. I don't know. Get me Joe Biden on line three. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Joe. From? Joe Biden. This is Joe Biden. Biden. <laughs> well, all right. I'll I'll play along for thirty seconds. Was right. <laughs> uh, look, first of all, if we had a, everything set up the way it should be and put the proper money into, we all know there's not enough uh, people at the border. There's people that want to set up a system, but the MAGA Republicans will not allow a vote on. On the vote, I mean, we all know what's going on if you're paying attention. They're, they we have Republicans were saying the other night, you will never get a better bill than this, even if Donald Trump's president, for uh, to deal with the border. And the Republicans won't vote for it. Uh, the, the, the MAGA Republicans, they won't let it go through um, through uh, through the House. So it's on them that these. This is all. Uh, got together with the Republicans and the Democrats, came up with this bill, and they won't let it go forward. And by the way, it's just pure. All the people that come through legally through the border are getting vaccinated. So I don't know what this guy's talking about, where he got his information. Just got to look it up. There's this committee that says what vaccinations everybody coming into the country has to get, and they're getting them if they come in legally. So let's set up a legal way for our immigration, have the Republican MAGAs, uh, MAGA Republicans vote for it, and let it come through. And you got me going on the because uh, I, you know, I, I I haven't really paid that much attention to at will employment in my life because I have been a government employee. I'll admit, but um, you you know, you brought up something. But the fact is, if you go back in our history, it's been long established as a de facto rule. I, actually, Montana is the only state that has anything different, a little different. And most countries don't have at will. They do offer more protection. So, uh, well, who's likely? That's all been run by business, big business. Yeah, I know. I, I'm familiar with the history. But, but again, and here's, here's another note. Yeah, here's another note. And this is uh, a loyal listener, Tommy from Binghamton, also formerly a government employee. Listen to what he wrote, Matthew. Uh, regarding worker protection. He wrote, unions, equivalent protections are available in the private sector through unions. Private enterprise has been fighting against worker collective bargaining for centuries. The first collective bargaining agreement was made in the private sector by cigar factory workers, and the cigar business here in Binghamton was a reaction to that labor movement. This valley has been anti-labor since the end of the 19th century. Tommy writes, don't mourn, organize. So that's what Tommy. Wrote. I agree, and I, yeah, I agree, and I, just because I, what I was saying was not that I agree with that. I was saying good luck in fighting it. But Tommy brings up a great point: the demise of the unions, which anybody who knows me knows I really support unions, uh, is one of the ways we could 
the more union workers we have, the more right uh, less at-will employees we will have. And I totally agree with that. And I, I'd just like to say that one other guy said when you when you started this whole piling on thing is that we we as politicians, first of all, I'm not a politician anymore. Uh, I'm, I just happen to be a former one who calls in your um, calls in on your show. Um, if anybody knows me, I, I'd really like to get in. It'd be interesting someday if we had a meeting of all the people who want to come and talk about uh, let's get together in person instead of having this back and forth on the radio. Find a place to have a, a, a you know a whole bunch of people come together and talk about what we believe because uh, to be accused of somebody who doesn't care about uh, people and is aloof and and this guy knows nothing about me. I've been very critical of the both parties. Both parties have sold out the working class since Ronald Reagan was elected and start and was going and went full bore against the unions. And and uh, I'm I'm not you know we have become a somewhat aloof party, but I think actually Joe Biden's the one that's bringing it back. He's talking about building from the bottom up, not the top down. We've been a top down thing since the eight a more recent history from from 1980 trickle-down economics. That's what it's all been about. And we're trying to, I think the Democrats are finally realizing that that isn't going to win the day in the end, and we need to be more of a bottom-up party. And we're trying to do that. We're not perfect, but certainly there's nobody, can, I don't think anybody could say that, you know, Donald Trump is somehow, uh, you know, the work, the, the people that have been, um, Somehow Donald Trump is their knight in shining army. Well, he is. He is for millions and millions of Americans, especially those who live in the Midwest and those in uh, conservative states. He is their knight in shining armor. And he is saying what they want to hear. Except he's not. He's well, I'm saying he... He, this is the truth, Matthew, he's saying what they want to hear. I'm not saying he's their knight in shining armor. I'm saying that seems to be the perception because of the way he talks. He says the things they, they wish they could say. Well, what he's doing is saying exactly what the guy on the radio said. Is we, are, we, look at, we look down on them. And that is a perception that's born. I, I agree with the guy that that was kind of where both parties went. But we got to look at where we are today and where we're going to go. And, and there's, you cannot say that Donald Trump, a guy that stiffed every every job he ever built, he stiffed his workers. He didn't pay them. He he has millions, hundreds of lawsuits going on about uh, still going on, and and his lifetime where you know because he destroyed businesses. Just go back and look at people talk about it who worked for him when he was building the casinos in Atlantic City and stuff. This guy doesn't care a damn about the common working man and all he all he cares is about his grievance and he's he's tapped into this thing where they believe because both parties have not been good to uh the hard-working people that do the real tough work in this country uh and who have been really left the wages have gone down uh or, or not kept pace with inflation for 40 years uh all the things that we know that happened but we're at a point where we're trying – Joe Biden, I would suggest, is the guy who's trying to build from the bottom up. By uh, And you just look at what he's, what he's done, all the jobs he's created. Well, then how come, how come so many Americans don't seem to get it? Well, we – like right now, 
That's that's why it's so frustrating to be where we're at. We're not looking down on you. We're trying to ask you, look at 38,000 the stock market yesterday. Now, the stock market not, doesn't say, you know, not a lot of everybody's invested. In but a lot of market, people but are. But, but even a lot of people yeah. who, whose 401ks are doing really well for some reason are against Biden. And right, so you're right. The stock so market is closing at record highs. And still, a lot of the people who've seen well, their retirement accounts continue to grow over the last several months are still opposed to Bidenomics. Well, and that's what's really frustrating because they that's where we are talking about the flat earth society and where people get their information from. I was talking to a guy at, uh, at Abel's the other night and I, you know, I, I said to him, uh, you know, he goes, I go, so what country is uh, producing the most oil and gas in the world right now? He goes, oh, it's clear, Saudi Arabia. And I go, no, for the last five years, it's been the United States. And he goes, you're crazy. I asked, uh, we asked Google, and it came up with a very official site, government site, that showed that since uh, 2019, we are the highest producing oil and gas people in the wor- uh, country in the world. And if you ask the typical Trump person, they do not they don't believe that you have to take them to uh, some some place where they you know you show it to them and then they and he was like oh my god I didn't I didn't know that was true so it's all about information and how we get information and if you if you don't think if if you don't think Donald Trump I mean just go and look what he said about the press uh, and what he's going to do if he gets elected first time he was very unorganized. And he had people around him that were saying, you can't do that. You can't do that. Second time around, he's going to have people that only believe, like Stephen Miller and all these people, that only believe that um, there's not not going to be any other people protecting democracy. And he's going to be, he wants to be like Viktor Orban. He wants to be like Putin. He, that, the only people. Oh, he, he wouldn't be like Putin. Oh, oh, come on, man. Well, you tell me what's going to happen if he gets elected. What's going to happen in Ukraine and, and, and in Europe? Well, find out starting January 20th, man. Find out in 362 days. We're going to find out. Okay. Sorry to call back again. I won't call again. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we encourage. We strongly encourage everyone to call only once per day. Thank you. Strongly. Encourage. 607-772-1290. More calls are coming up. Don't touch that dial. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. Binghamton, you're on the air. 
Yeah, I just wanted to say I uh, disagree with your statement about uh, inflicting injury on people going through the razor wire. I, I don't agree with that. I think it's meant to keep them out and come through legally. So, I, Well, why did the Supreme Court say that the U.S. government should uh, remove the razor wires? The Supreme Court, the law, the law of the land, said the Border Patrol agents are able to remove the wire that Greg Abbott put up there to hurt people. I don't agree with that either, but I don't agree that it's meant to inflict harm, really. Oh, what do you... Come on. Who... The guy who invented... I don't know if it was a guy. Whoever invented razor wire, they invented it for one thing, to hurt people. No, it's meant to keep people out. Like on a farm, I used to work on a farm, and that was to keep the cattle inside. It wasn't meant to hurt the cattle. Oh, don't don't get me going. You're going to get PETA. You're going to get PETA riled up. Sorry, I couldn't. Sorry, no, no. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I'm. You know me. I'm. No, but I worked. No, I know. I I worked on a farm, but it was meant to keep the animals inside. No, and I under. By the way, no, no, no. You don't have to convince me. I know what Governor Abbott's trying to do. I also know what the Supreme Court ruled. I understand. I understand what's going on here. I. You know, maybe maybe I play a, a radio talk show host, but I'm not naive. I know what's going on. I know the score. Okay, no. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate your call. Thanks for listening. Thanks for okay. participating on our program. Okay. <laughs> it's, I know the score. Come on, man. It's, hey, we're all adults. We know what's going on. Bob from Vestal. Good morning. Yeah, I had the answer, man. Everybody knows that we were the biggest producer. We were selling oil to other countries. We told OPEC, do you know what? Where does he get his information? Everybody knows. He gets his information from MSNBC. Come on, man. I know. Or or Google. Oh, come on, man. Or WNBF.com, man. It just amazes me. The the stuff he says. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, there's stuff. the good stuff. And he thinks people actually believe him when we are smarter than him and we know what's going on because I watch Newsmax who tells me the truth. Boy, I bet he's watched Newsmax too. I doubt it. I bet he does. He watches Joy Reid every night. Oh, thanks. Eleven thirty nine. Touche. Touche, he say. Mark from Binghamton. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Oh, Mark just left the building. Ah, ah. He wants his Big Mac now. He can't wait till noon like the rest of us. 607-772-1290. It's the Tuesday Talk Party with Bob Joseph. WNBF. Eleven forty-one, live and local. I have no script. I have no talking point. All I have is a microphone and a telephone. Stranded, reaching out. I call your name. 
Let's go back to the phones and see what's happening there. Hi, WNBF. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. Rob again. Poor Crane. Sorry to call again. I just had to say something about, you know, Matt going on about Trump. Oh, yeah. What do you think about that? I think Donald Trump interrupted that New World Order and that not-so-great reset plan that they had because I was watching those the, what I could find about Davos. The Bilderbergers met last week and and said what their plans are for us, and it's not a pretty sight. Well, I'm not really worried about them. U.S. will call the shots. The people meeting uh, at these Our little... congressmen? The, the, people, the people meeting outside this country trying to plan good times or whatever their their agenda yeah. is, they're not going to prevail. America, yeah. good people, good people no. like you and may, me will prevail. Those people Bob. are not going to win. Bob, you know, Matt, Matt gets it wrong. It's not left versus right. The fight is where the 99% versus the 1%. That's where the fight is. Well, that may be true. But I submit to you, it's also, if you look at the bigger picture... It's a fight of good versus evil. Oh, and I did some checking the other day just to, just to help you out because you weren't you weren't aware that Biden sold oil to China out of our strategic reserves. It was nine hundred and fifty thousand barrels. That's how many he sold in one year, and it was to a company called Unipec. It's a CCP company that Hunter Biden was involved with. Well, if that's true, then maybe somebody ought to investigate. It's been investigated. The OIG office. Well, okay. So if the Office of Inspector General investigated, what are they going to do about it? What do you think they're going to do about it? The FBI covered it up just like the DOJ did, Bob. Well, unfortunately, I don't control them. All I control is the talk program. And anybody who tunes in will agree, barely. I can barely control this program for three hours a day. As far as the FBI and DOJ, all I can say is I wish them well in all their future endeavors. 607-772-1290. We still have precious minutes remaining on today's program. Who will be the next caller? Stay tuned and find out. This is Binghamton Now, WNBF. to the radio. I'm Bob Joseph, the voice of reason. Beverly from the town of Dickinson, you better listen to the radio. Yep, that's right. Yeah, always listen to the radio. (laughs) 
Now the FM the FM part went on it, so I know now it's a it's a it just burned out on me because I was playing it sometimes during the night. And so are you going to go out? Are you going to go out to Radio Shack and get a new radio? There's no Radio Shack that I know of. I thought there was one in Whitney Point. Well, I don't know about that. It's too far to go. All right. But you're going to go out and get a new I radio. Didn't know, I didn't know they had that. I thought they were all gone. Well, maybe, maybe it is gone. I don't know. Somebody said that they had a like a little clubhouse, a Radio Shack clubhouse. Not a big big store, but I don't know. Oh, I so didn't you, know that. Anyway, bottom line is you have to promise me you're going to go out and get a new radio. Yes, sir. All right. That's what I wanted to hear. Yep. Okay. Be careful okay. out there. Have a good day. Thanks. That's what we want. If your radio breaks, go out and get a new radio. Maybe get two. Have a backup. Selena from Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. I love your show and great bumper music, by the way. Don't they play good songs on this station? Oh, fantastic. <clears throat> sorry, sorry. I swallowed wrong. Um, I just wanted to make a comment. Yeah. Uh, the system isn't broken. It's the way it was designed. You mean it's working exactly as they want? Exactly. It, oh, it, my gosh. The system was never broken. It's by design. You know, I suspected that. At one point, I actually suspected that to be true. But <laughs> not, now you you are confirming, you are confirming what I thought. I've thought for several years that they want it exactly this way. Yeah, it's been going on since 1962. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that, isn't that's that just, crazy, yeah. That's yeah. really nuts. Well, they should be ashamed. Yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves. All right. Well, thank you for the call and the confirmation. Just be careful out there today, okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping the car in the garage. Okay. It's, too, it's all froze over. Yeah, too icy. Thank you. Hey, bye. 11.52 WNBF. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It would be Jesse from Oigo. Hey, Jesse. What? I got to give you a ton of kudos today. Jab, very very well done. As a matter of fact, I've had two beers in your honor. Well, thank you. You know, it's still seven and a half minutes before noon. If you grab yourself another 16-ouncer, you could make it three. Three! Three yeah, delicious two. beverages in a row. Yeah. The only thing is, uh, well, with these ice-cold beer runs, when I came back home, oh my gosh, I was in heaven. They were the most ice-cold beers on the planet. I didn't even have to put them in the fridge, but now it's starting to warm up. So I guess I got to make more room. But all right, and obviously mm -hmm. I was joking. I was joking with you. I, I certainly do not condone people drinking alcohol. I I certainly cannot. And I also, when it comes to things like alcohol or caffeine or other drugs, I encourage people to abstain because. Doctors will tell you four out of doc four out of five doctors tell their patients who chew gum, don't chew that stuff, chew the stuff I sell. Well, you brought up that legal weed earlier. Yeah, did oh, you hear that? Yeah. Now they're going to approve uh, a law to let you grow your own plant. No wonder why we're having more accidents around here. It's starting to make sense. It's not the weather. No, everybody is high and drunk. Yep. 
Yep. People I, are stoned out of their minds. All right. Thanks, Jesse. That's a story from Owego making contemporary news. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Mike from Johnson City. Hey, Mike. Oh, I got to turn my radio down. Hey, uh, about Matt, I think uh, Trump is living in Matt's head. Yeah, but the, um, yeah, the reverse is true. If you run into Trump, Matt's living in his head, too. So well, uh, I, think, I think the two need each other. But but you may be on to something. Well, you may be on to something. I, I will say, I will say the former mayor, when he calls in, he frequently is invoking the former guy's name. Yes, he is. We need him back at the court gesture. We need a little more fun <laughs> there for our conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's this is a tough year for many of us because, you know, we didn't design it, but for some reason they're going to hold the presidential election in November whether we like it or not. So inevitably, I think over the next several months there's going to be a lot of political conversation. And I admit it will probably get, probably get old fast. I think it's already gotten old for a lot of listeners. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, can't we just have the election next Tuesday and wrap things up? Yeah, I kind of enjoy it myself. Well, I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, especially because when it comes to a presidential election, anything could happen. And I mean that. Literally, anything can happen. And I know this is a tough thing to say, But I'll say it because this is true. We don't know who the two major party candidates will be in November. We don't. We think we do. And maybe maybe what we think will come true. Or maybe there will be two different people running as the Republican and Democratic nominees. I'm not saying that's likely. I'm saying it could happen. So well, it could happen. Uh, yeah. Both presidential candidates might not be with us by the time yeah. November comes around. Yeah, face. you never know. Anyway, it's all the time we have. Thank you for your call. Thank everybody for calling in today. We had a good cross-section of the American public. And we will continue tomorrow. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio WNBF. News Radio 1290 AM. WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM. W221 EJ Binghamton. A town